Welcome to another episode of A Wild Conversation with Manita Prasad, who is a zoologist or an animal... Animal care manager. Care manager. Yeah. At the Greater Vancouver Zoo, and uh, now we're into our third wild conversation here, yeah. and it's ex- it's exciting. Yeah, this is fun. This is fun, and you, you it's funny because you said, "Oh, I, I had a new idea. We want to we want to talk about this," and then the notes that you've given us. Man, Are, you, you do your homework. I'd hire you. <laughs> we don't know what we would hire you for, but. <laughs> It's funny, too, because it came to me last minute, 3 o'clock in the morning, I couldn't sleep, and uh, just all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, this would be a wonderful idea for a show, so I turned it around and got it to you guys first thing in the morning. Excellent. Now, is all this information always circulating in your brain? Yeah, it really is, because it's part of my daily life. Like, conservation is something that I live. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, let's try to empty your brain a bit. Um, uh, this time around on A Wild Conversation, we are talking oceans because World Oceans Day was June the 8th. World Sea Turtle Day was June the 16th. Sea turtles live in the ocean, hence their name. Uh, so let's celebrate oceans. One of my favorite things, honestly, on the planet. I moved to this part of the world so I could be near the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. So why are they important? Oh, for so many reasons. Um, They feed the world. Three out of seven people depend on seafood as their main source of protein. That's that's quite a high number. And about 44% of the world's population live within 150 kilometers of the ocean. So a lot of people do, uh, you know, incorporate the ocean as a daily part of their life. Oh, that's interesting. So that would be us. Are we on our yeah. yeah, we're around that. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, like with Chris too, like I just, I mean, I grew up here, but I just can't imagine life without being next to the ocean or, or having easy access to the ocean for things like fishing or, you know, kayaking and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's, there's also the smell. Oh, I love ocean. the smell of the ocean. And there's also, and people look at me and they kind of roll their eyes when I talk like this, but you've got the the natural rhythm of the planet with the tides you're always observing that it's right and there's for me there's something comforting in that oh i very much agree excellent so they feed the world they regulate our climate they regulate our climate so oceans cover about 70 percent of the global surface and it continuously exchange heat moisture and carbon with the atmosphere which drives our weather patterns influences uh, the slow subtle changes of our climate so Let's let's think about that for a minute. We've been talking about climate change for years now, but yeah. when you think climate change, do you think about the ocean? Not usually. For me, I would think about like the Amazon rainforest or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't typically think as the ocean is the first thing that comes to mind. Right. Right. So, but the ocean has a huge influence on our our climate and our weather patterns. So, I think it's very. If we don't have a healthy ocean, then we're not going to have a healthy planet. And there's the El Nino and El Nina effects are obviously ocean-based. So that's a that's a direct correlation with the weather. Yeah. So what are some of the yeah. ways that they do regulate our climate? So basically, it drives the, the water cycle, the water table. So it, it warms the earth. It, it, it's a huge uh, heat sink. So basically, the ocean absorbs um, UV rays from the sun and slowly warms the ocean and the currents and the tides cycle the 
uh, the water tables. So it actually mixes up the really cold water uh, from the very bottoms of the ocean and brings it up to the surface. And with that, it brings up a lot of nutrients. Okay, that makes sense when you're swimming in the ocean and the deeper you go down, the colder. So that's why, you know, kind of try to float at the top where it's warmer. Um, they're in trouble too, aren't they? Um, it, like we, we've got, some, I don't want to be doom and gloom, but we've got some serious problems. Yeah, no, we definitely do. Um, just to throw out some facts here to you guys, there are, are actually more trash than fish <laughs> in the ocean right now. So each year by weight, three times more trash is dumped into the ocean than fish are caught. Uh, and scientists are estimating by 2050 there will be more plastic in the ocean than fish. Oh, you always hear about those stories of whales who wash up on the shore, unfortunately deceased, and when they go into their stomachs, they find a number of plastic bags. One of my friends actually just shared an image of all of the face masks, like the medical uh, face masks that have been washing up on beaches and have been impacting like uh, turtles and stuff like that. Yeah, um, sea turtles especially are hugely impacted by plastics in the ocean. Balloons, um, plastic bags, a common source, a food source for sea turtles is jellyfish. Right. What do you think a plastic bag or a balloon looks like when it's floating around in the ocean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, a nice, yummy, giant jellyfish. I've, yeah. he- I've heard some um, some people saying that, that that plastic beach that like is the size of Texas floating in the ocean isn't a thing. Um like, is is there any controversy about that? Is that a thing or not? Is there something that large in the ocean, plastic-based? Yeah. Well, you know, I have no reason to believe that there isn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot of photos about it and uh, a lot of research about it. I haven't seen it myself. But, right. yeah. um, and 33% of fisheries are depleted in the ocean right now. Is this because of plastic pollution and, and pollution in general? it's mostly due to overfishing. So there are certain species that are in higher demand for for human consumption, like cod, you know, fish and chips, for example. Uh, It results in drastic declines, so fish are no longer readily available to consumers. It's just we're fishing them faster than they can reproduce. Right. This is a wild conversation with the Greater Vancouver Zoo and zoologist Manita. Uh, We're talking oceans today. Um, so it is kind of doomy and gloomy, you know, what we were just talking about. There's got to be something that we can do to, to help this along. Yeah, oh, there definitely is. There are tons of things we can do. First off, we can start by eating a sustainable seafood. Uh, there's, a, there's a wonderful uh, Seafood Watch app that you can download on your phone. Oh. I carry a Seafood Watch card in my, in my wallet. So when I am out uh, consuming seafood or purchasing seafood, I'm making sure that it was sustainably caught. So that's called Seafood Watch? Seafood Watch, yeah. And it's an app that you can download? Yeah. That makes it really handy because a lot of people, I mean, you go into the grocery store and you're hungry for Atlantic salmon or something like that. But is Atlantic salmon one of the sustainable seafoods? Or what, what's some examples? Yeah, it just really depends how it's it's uh, caught. Okay. So we really don't, like the, the big drag nets, is not considered sustainable. Mm-hmm. Long line fishing uh, is, um, but also like there are, you know, fishermen who harvest sustainably. So some will return all females back into the ocean. So there is uh, breeding populations for for the future. Uh, you know, like um, 
lobster uh, farmers will, will do that, or lobster fishermen uh, often will return females just to ensure that the population is sustainable, so they're right. sustainably harvesting their seafood. What about, and I don't know if I'm opening a giant can of fish here, uh, <laughs> but what about uh, farmed, like say farmed salmon? Like is, farm fresh salmon. Yeah. When you go to the grocery store, you see it on the package. Yeah, like it's farmed as opposed to caught wild, uh, particularly East Coast stuff. Like, Should we be buying that? So, I mean, every every industry has things that they need to improve upon. But if you think of it this way, like all of the other things that you find in the grocery store are farmed. Mm-hmm. Your eggs, your chicken, your your beef. Right, so it's so it's no different than the farming industry in general. So, so I, I know there is concern with disease and and whatnot, but yeah, I've never re- actually looked at it that way. Yeah, me either. Oh, okay. What yeah, about the I mean, ocean? But- ocean wise, like you know, when you go into the store and you see it on tuna, what does ocean wise mean? Is that like yeah, a, so- a better option? Yeah, for sure. It basically means that that seafood was sustainably harvested. Okay. Okay. That's what I always kind of look for on, especially tuna. Yeah. You always get that little blue logo of OceanWise on the bottom. Yeah. Um, also, use less plastic. Oh, that's something I. That's something we try about. to do. And yeah. It's getting more difficult during the pandemic because plastic bags are back, and uh, you know, in grocery stores, and we have to use them now. Although they're starting to relax those rules. Uh, another thing we can do is use less fertilizer, like on on my lawn. Yes, yes, for sure. If you think about it, what what happens to that fertilizer when it rains? It leaches into the water table. It leaches into aquifers. Um, you're polluting polluting our water table, polluting our water sources, um, contributing to um, elevated water temperatures in ponds and streams because it does it changes the balance, the natural pH of the water, mm. which in turn will affect everything that utilizes that stream. Again, we get back, and it seems every week we get back to the everything is interdependent concept. Yeah. Yeah. This is a wild conversation with Manita from the Greater Vancouver Zoo. Experience the wonders of nature at the Greater Vancouver Zoo. Come explore a beautiful open-air park with over 120 acres. Connect with nature and support local conservation efforts. Get closer at the Greater Vancouver Zoo. Visit gvzoo.com. Welcome back to a wild conversation with Manita from the Greater Vancouver Zoo. We're talking oceans and oceans health on this week's episode. And we were uh, also talking about what we can do to help the oceans. And there's still more stuff we can do, include uh, picking up garbage. Put it where it's supposed to go. Because it gets into, again, the interdependent thing. It gets, it just eventually finds its way there, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, it gets everywhere. Um, and I think the important thing to remember is, like, even if you are not the one who put the garbage there, it it's really nice if you just pick it up and put it where it belongs in, in the trash bin. I was actually at the park with my daughter a couple of days ago, and there was a group of kids that had a, had a picnic in, in the school playground. And when they left, they, you know, took the time to gather their things and fold up their blankets, but left a plastic bag full of garbage. And my daughter, who's eight, noticed it right away. She was like, Mama, those people just left their garbage there. She ran over, picked it up, and put it in the in the trash receptacle. And I was so proud of her. Oh, nice. Good for her, starting the younger generation in the right direction. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that um, another thing that people can do is spread the word. Like, it's so important to talk about what you are passionate about when it comes to conservation or what you are doing to to help save the planet because it inspires other people to uh, to do the same, you mm-hmm. know? And if we all just took a little bit of extra time to do our part, it could go a really long way. Yeah, exactly. Every little bit makes a huge difference. Maybe I'm putting you on the spot here, uh, and if I am, we'll certainly edit this out. Uh, but are there are there any um, like organizations that you're aware of that that uh, are worth checking into, either uh, just for information or to donate when it comes to ocean conservation? Oh, Vancouver Aquarium, ah. <laughs> they do tons for the ocean. Uh, when uh, Jeff, you mentioned o- OceanWise yes. before, that's actually one of the Vancouver Aquariums initiatives. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, now that it comes to mind, I think we've had tags in the past like OceanWise program, and we've we've kind of promoted it before, but I didn't know that it was uh, tied in with the Vancouver Aquarium. Yeah, they're actually their website is ocean.org now. So oh, okay. I, yeah. I I can't remember the name of the organization, but there there are some. Um, folks in this organization that collect the uh, plastic water bottles that inevitably make their way to the ocean and then make bracelets out of them and it's like for a $20 donation you know you get one of those bracelets and that enables them to go back to the beaches and get all this crap off it yeah for sure the only thing that I would caution is do your research make sure that the money is going where, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. where it says it's supposed to go right uh, there are a lot of little organizations out there but uh, and are doing fantastic work it's just there that there are some that are better to support than others because more of the funds go to where they need to be do you know if there's any organizations locally or in Vancouver where people who want to volunteer to go and clean up the beaches can do that yeah, well, we do the shoreline cleanup uh, every year. And again, that's something that is uh, organized by the Vancouver Aquarium. But I, anyone can do it. So mm-hmm. here at the zoo, we have the Salmon River that runs through the zoo. So every year when it's uh, uh, time to do our cleanup, we, we clean up um, our Salmon River. And this year we went out, we took a group of staff and volunteers and went out to Birchard Creek which is a creek in our community here in Aldergrove, and we did a massive cleanup of that creek. Oh, fantastic. That's awesome. Great. So, and and all, when these things happen, you've got those up on the website, and look, I know you're, you're, you guys are really active. Greater Vancouver Zoo is very active on social media. Uh, yes. So is all of that information available there? Yes, it is. Okay. com and on social media, Twitter, and Facebook. Okay. Now, this is kind of cool. Is there anything else we should talk about the ocean? Is it, have we? We could probably go on about the ocean. Yes. <laughs> we could go on as much as it is large. Yes. You know? yeah. there, there really is something about it. and there's It's a, there's fascinating. Some, something yeah. about the people that live next to it, and, and which would be us. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, really good information there. Now, this is cool. I don't know if we're going to be able to do this uh, like as a... Uh, every as, time. Like every time, but uh, we've got a, a cool little feature here that... So you went out on your social media and you asked if there were any questions from folks who were visiting the zoo. Yeah, and we did get a few questions. You okay. had some good ones. Okay, so uh, Denise, D-I-N, no, Dincy? No, Den- Dincy. Dincy, yeah. Dincy. 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 <laughs> Dincy. Uh, asked, how big is the zoo? We are 120 acres. 
That is huge. That I think my yard is like 0.5 of an acre, and I always think that it's huge from the way that we have to cut the lawn. Do you know every single nook and cranny of that place? I sure do. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been here quite some time. You yeah. have. Um, are, are there, is there, is there any, like, little parts that might be guys you know when you, you hear stories about disneyland and if you if you go behind this one building that you know there's, there's a surprise there's, over there's a, here yeah, yeah. a little is there, is there any, a secret any kind of uh, anything like that at the zoo or is it just what you see is what you get um well we do have behind the scenes areas that are for staff that we use as service roads so right. you know we have a big um we use a lot of browse for our animals. So after they eat all the leaves and branches and strip the bark, we have, you know, these big sticks. So we have right. like what we call our burn pile, but it's this giant mountain of uneaten sticks. Right. <laughs> uneaten sticks. <laughs> <laughs> so what? we got another question here from Zach B. What animals at the park are the pickiest eaters yeah. who might not eat those big sticks? I thought very long and hard about this because it's, it varies by species, but I think the one that really sticks out in my mind are reindeer. Really? Really? Yeah. So only because, like, a lot of the times if we need to medicate um, animals, we'll give them special treats, things like carrots or apples or bananas. But there doesn't seem to be anything that gets the reindeer <laughs> excited. What? Other than their pellets and their hay, like their regular diet, that's all they want to stick to. Some people like to stick to the basics, you know, <laughs> and so do animals, I guess. What What would reindeer eat in in uh, in the wild? Carrots. They eat a lot of lichen. <laughs> oh, what are mosses. those? And we've done that before. We brought in lichen and mosses, and yeah, they eat it, but still are very picky eaters. They're very selective. Um, they're uh, considered uh, browser species. So they're very sensitive to smells. Uh, Maybe that has something to do with it. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Um, do you ever talk to the reindeer about you-know-who? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> do. Are they ever forthcoming on, on him, like, location of the exact, you know, where he is and all that kind of stuff? or. You know what? The reindeer, I wish I could understand what they were saying mm. to us. But uh, they they keep their secrets close. Right. Yes, and they I, should. I'm pretty sure Nor Norwegian is their their native language too, so that would be difficult to understand. Okay, um, he's talking <laughs> Santa just in case you know. It, yes, he's on vacation right oh, now. Yeah, so though. Fair enough. So are the reindeer. Okay, this from Linnea, which also happens to be my wife's name. Uh, but Did it, she send in this question no, because it could th be this is spelled L I N N E A, and right. my wife spells it with an E. Um, what is the biggest and smallest size of animal poo at the zoo? <laughs> this is a good question. Everyone wants this, to know. This is a really good question. So I'm just going to, I narrowed it down to species that we currently have at the zoo. Okay. okay? So the biggest by far would be the hippos. Right. Mm, hippo poo. Yeah. They... They poop a lot, and they really enjoy spreading their feces all around. So when hippos go to the bathroom, you'll notice their tail starts to swing in a circular motion. And what they're actually doing is they're flinging their poo to mark their territory, to spread their scent, right. to, to let other hippos know that this, this is my, my area. Right. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, so it, it does get quite messy, but yeah, by far they they produce. So when the, they're swinging the their tail, they're kind of like winding it up, I guess. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's a funny thing to see. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, if you stay in the front of them, you should. Yeah, be you'll fine. be okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and the smallest. And the smallest, I really had to think about this. Um, we do have a group of Madagascar hissing cockroaches. And they probably produce the smallest poops. Really? Yeah. And it's really like a well-defined, round and hard. Um, There there are other animals, like some of the amphibians, like poison dart frogs, for example. Don't often see poops from them. It's so tiny that it just kind of blends right in with the dirt. Mm. Right. Okay. Wow. And and finally, Laura uh, Goosens asked, can you do a profile on Shadow? Who's Shadow? Shadow is our female grizzly bear. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm assuming that she uh, wants a profile on social media, so I'll definitely talk to our marketing coordinator about that. Oh, I see, like her own social media kind of account. Probably, I think so. And we we can definitely do something with that. So Shadow um, was an orphaned bear, came to us in 1999 as an orphan cub. So she's roughly, our best estimate, is 21 years old. Oh, she's she's legal drinking age. Wow. And and they they spend a lot of time in the trees, don't they? In the what? Sorry. In the trees. I think are those the black bears? Or am no, I thinking the of... black bears. Do grizzly bears climb bears. trees though? They can. They don't often. They usually just use them as scratching posts. Okay. Okay. So if you're being chased one, then you could just climb up just the climb tree up and a tree. okay. Yeah. Or scratch. Give them a little scratch on the back. And I'm <laughs> yeah. Sure be offer fine. them a back rub. <laughs> Yeah, no, Shadow loves to spend time. She spends all her time on the ground. She has a big den that she's dug up for herself in her enclosure, too. So she likes to go tuck in there to go to sleep. And she has a big pond in her enclosure on hot, sunny days. She is hilarious. She'll sit in her pond. She'll throw logs. She has a big red ball that she plays with. We we often throw apples into the pond or watermelon so she has to swim around. And the apples that float, so she... She balances them so delicately on the back of her hand before she eats them. It's the funniest thing. <laughs> That's awesome. This has been a wild conversation with Manita Prasad from the Greater Vancouver Zoo. GV Zoo at GV Zoo is uh, the address of uh, all of your socials? Yes. Excellent. Until next week. So anyways, I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> okay. You know what? If you just search Greater Vancouver Zoo and we'll throw it all up to in our socials. Yeah. Well. And again, if you have more questions to submit, you can do that there as well. Yep. Manita, thanks so much. Have a great week. We'll talk next Saturday. Excellent. Thanks so much, guys.